you have the word of the Lord with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Now, I know Brother Lee right the other day said, well, you know, when you're going through something like he's going through First John right now, and I'm trying to go through the book of Ephesians, which is probably going to take me a while, but he said, well, sometimes you, you know, you might want to preach on, on something else, but I'm, I, I just love the book of Ephesians so much, and I, I enjoy reading it, and I'm enjoying uh, being able to kind of expound upon this a little bit. And I know I spent a lot of time in, in, in verses 1 and, and 2 and 3, so now I'm trying to take it into bites with uh, sentences. And the next sentence that we're going to be looking at here is verses 13 and 14. So sometimes it's really crazy, like this one is just two verses. If you read the rest, if you go, 15 through 23 is all one sentence, Brother Roger. Now I don't think I'm going to be able to be a preach on 15 and 23 through 23 all together. I will probably break that up, but let's read verses 13 and 14. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now there really is a lot that's contained in these uh, two verses that are here. We've got to remember chapters 1 through 3 is doctrinal. So we're still into the doctrines of the church and the doctrines that Paul is trying to stretch forth. And we can see a little bit about here that, you know, the inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, all these things. But what I want to do is, if we read the first little bit in 13, it says, in whom ye also trusted. And I wanted to go back to verse 12 because it says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So it says trusted in Christ, right? And it starts out. See, now, what I, another thing I want to bring out, Gary, you've heard me say many a times, that when Ephesians was written, there weren't verses in there. It was a letter. It was a circular letter that had been sent. So it was the people that translated it, the King James Version of the Bible, who put all these things inside there. So when we read this, and it says, who first trusted in Christ, then in in whom ye also trusted. In whom ye also trusted is who? Christ. Christ. Who else should we trust in other than Jesus? Who else should we trust in? I mean, we're talking about the man that came into the world. And he came into the world to what, Brother Roger? Die for our sins. He came to be crucified. Now, we have to realize how amazing this is, that even in this day and age, one of the most cruelest forms of punishment or death is crucifixion crucifixion. 
Because when they nail you to the cross, and his hands were here and in his feet, he was kind of up on his tippy toes. And in order for him to stay breathing properly, he'd have to continue. That's why it was so cruel. You have to continue to be push your feet up. And as soon as you started to go down, and it would cause the lungs to start filling up with fluids. It would tear the lungs, and you would suffocate. And it might take hours and everything. So we can see what he did. He's the one who did all these things for us. We trust in him. He's been there for us all the time, hasn't he? And when we go through certain things in our lives, we realize that he's the one who has been walking with us in this world. You know, Brother Roger is a living testament of it. Doctor said he was supposed to die. He, did, he didn't die. And that's been, what, Roger, 30 years ago? 27 years. He's got it right down to the year. 27 years. And through those 27 years, I can say without asking Brother Roger any question that in those 27 he is every single day of his life, he has trusted in the Lord. He's went through a lot of things in those 27 years. But he'll continue to trust in the Lord until the day when he takes his last breath also. And that as Spurgeon said, that he's going to close his eyes in death, he's going to open his eyes in heaven. And he's probably, probably the first faces he might see is probably Jesus and God. But I can guarantee you the next face that he's going to be seeing is Barbara. Is Barbara. He knows that. Barbara said that he was going to save a place for him. Save a place for him. So when we look at this, we should, we should see and should realize, when we can see all of these examples that we have, now I'm not even talking about in, in, the, in the Bible, I'm talking about in, in the life in which we live today, the examples we have of so many people that trusted in Jesus Christ. You know, Sister Geneva, everybody that has a willingness to serve, they trust in Him to help them get through the things the three, yeah, the things in life. So I'm still going to talk a little bit about the end of there. First, that we trusted in Christ. We first, when we first believed in Christ and trusted in Him, and not in our own righteousness. See, that's the thing. So many of those back there, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they trusted in themselves. They trusted in their own righteousness, but. From the time we first believed and we trusted in Him and not in our own righteousness, not in our own strength, not in our own wisdom, and not in our own riches. See, there's so many people that trust in their own riches, but that's not. And all of this, we realize it's all of this when they came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome when you come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and we realize who he is. You know, when we realize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he is God incarnate in the flesh, in Matthew chapter 1, what does it say? He is God with us. Jesus is God 
with us. We see his humanity in the Bible, as Brother Leroy brought out, but we also see his deity. His deity. And that's, what's, that's what makes it, when we come to that knowledge of who he is, who he is, when we realize that we have been, let's go back to verse 5 in here. I, I love this book of Ephesians, you know. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by who? By Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Isn't that awesome when we realize we've been adopted into the family? And that's what we're going to look at some of these things that are in verses 13 and 14. Wow, I mean, it was, it's so, when you come to that, that knowledge of who he is. I know we read the Bible, and we can read it, and we can see, and it says who he is. But when we can know to understand and believe that from what? You know what I always talk about, don't you? It's the heart. When we realize from the heart that that's where he is. It's just, it's just so awesome when it's in the heart. And it's not just, well, I've been reading it and it tells me. You know, don't think that this is like a novel. I know we read a lot of books. Some of us read novels. This isn't a novel. It's history. And I was thinking about that yesterday afternoon and history. And if we look at that, what does that say? It's his story. I know history doesn't have two S's. But it's his story. Isn't that awesome? When we can see that this Bible, I don't care if you're going from Genesis through, I wish I could remember what's the last. Let me see if I can get to the last in the uh, verse in the Old Testament. I thought it was Malachi, but I just wanted to make sure. From Genesis to Malachi, that's Old Testament, but Jesus is there. Jesus is there throughout all of it. He was there in the beginning, and he's going to be in Malachi, and after Malachi, what was it 400 years before the coming of Jesus Christ into the world? 400 years, Brother Roger. And then Jesus Christ came into the world. Isn't that awesome? When we look at that, so, when we look, start looking at verse 13, we see, in whom ye also trusted. We first trusted in Christ, that we should be to the praise of his glory. We were put on this earth as Christians to glorify him who first trusted in Christ. So, in whom ye also trusted. It's the same trusted, same trusted. I know that that's, that was kind of added by the uh, translators, wasn't it, Brother Roger? Because if you look at it, it's in italics. But we trusted in him. Trusted is to be reliable or truthful. It's also to believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of. Now we look at this, to believe in the reliability Who's more reliable than Jesus Christ? Who's more truthful? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. His ability. There's nothing that Jesus Christ could not do and the strength of. He's there to be our strength all the time. In our weakness, He is made strong. So when in whom ye also trusted. It's that same word, it's trusted. You know, the Gentile believers, Ephesians, the Ephesians who 
Paul now addresses, in whom ye also trusted. He's not talking just to the Ephesians, because if we look at it, in verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in what? Christ Jesus. God knew, Jesus knew, that this Bible was not just for those times back then. Okay? We have to understand that the things that were imparted unto these individuals to write these words and for the translators of the King James Version to put all this together, Brother Roger, when we look at this, it was for time immortal. What does he say? My word will never go away. Nothing. It's not going to go away. His word, Gary, his word. The government could take my Bible from me. They could. It's a possibility, and it could come to happen. But the, the word of Jesus Christ, the word of God, will never fade away. Because it's always going to be, I hate to say it again, but not really, but it's in our heart. It's in our heart. You know, there are people that have memorized certain parts of the scriptures. You know, some, I've heard of some people that have memorized the entire word of the Bible. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever do that, Gary, but I mean, it was hard enough to do Ephesians. I've memorized Ephesians. So we've got others that have done it. I think Chuck memorized Romans, didn't he, Brother Roger? I thought so. I thought he did Romans. So, you know, it, it's like this. So when we look at it, this is not just to the Ephesians. It's to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Most of these letters were circular letters that were meant to not just be for like Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, what, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, I think that's it. I think those are all the ones that Paul, Paul did. So we look at that and, and, and we see these things. You know, I, I, I want to go to some, some verses. And I know that, you know, Brother Roger, you know, really likes, uh, he likes Romans, but I know he likes the Psalms. And I'd like to go to uh, Psalm 26. Psalm 26. I'm just going to read verse 1. And we might do 1, 2, and 3. There's, there's some awesome things in here. Psalm 26 is a psalm of David. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. Walked in thy truth. So we can see a couple things in here. That the psalmist has what? I have trusted also in the Lord. 
David was one who was very good. He trusted in the Lord. But when we look down at verse 3, for I have walked in thy truth. So it's when we see these things. You know, because in verse 13, back in Ephesians, you don't have to turn there. We're going to go back there for a second. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. Truth. For I have walked in thy truth. We can see that we trust not in ourselves, do we? We shouldn't be trusting in ourselves. We need to commit our trust to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the time. All the time. So that we should not be ashamed or confounded. We should not be ashamed of the Lord because we trust in Him all the time for everything that He does for us. You know, he says that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We have to trust in him, don't we? When he says these statements, that he means them. And we know that he meet him, means them because he's Jesus Christ. And he wouldn't say something if he didn't mean it. But he also says what? If you love me, keep my commandments. And that's when we have to trust in him because if we love him, we're going to keep his commandments. So we have to have that trust. That trust in, in the truth. In the truth. Turn to Psalm 31. Psalm 31, we're going to go to verse 14. Again, it's a psalm of David, verse 14. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. Isn't that awesome when we can sit there and say, Brother Roger, that, but I trusted in thee. But I trusted in thee. You know, you go back to the couple of verses and you can see why he says, but. One of my favorite words in the Bible is, but. Because he talks about how people were slandering him and talking about him. They took counsel together against him. They devised to take away my life. David's saying they, they devised. They were getting together to say, you know what, let's get rid of him. But I trusted in thee. David said, I trusted in thee, O Lord. O Lord. I trusted in thee, O Lord. David had went through a lot of things in his life, didn't he? There was a lot of times you could probably look at it and say, wow, it doesn't look like he really trusted in the Lord. But there's not a whole lot of people that God said, that they said he said, David was a man after my own heart. That's God speaking. He says, David's got a, he's got a, he's a heart. He's got that heart that was zealous for the Lord. He says, I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. When we can trust in Him and in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and said, Thou art my God. And that we can say to Jesus, Thou art my Lord and my Savior. See, it has to go hand in hand. He's our Savior, isn't He, Gary? But He's not just the Savior. He's the Lord of our life. 
He's the Lord of our life. He walks over. See, this individual, David, was believing that the Lord would be able to help him. And then I wrote in parentheses, us. Not just him, but us in our time of trouble. Not everything goes perfectly for us all the time, does it? Sometimes we, go, we do go through times of trouble, don't we? Remember, they said that if you be without chastisement, you are not sons, but bastards. So we have faith and trust in him that when we go through these times of troubles, we're knowing that when we go through some of these things, that God is with us. And he's always there for us, all the time. I just, I just, it's just so, when we look through these scriptures and go through and study out and see these different things going here and there, that how much, isn't it in Romans 8, Brother Roger, where it says, when, if God be for us, who can be against us? I believe it is. Yeah, what shall, we, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And it goes on, that he did spare not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He freely gives us all things. And I can't wait till we get to, to chapter 2 of Ephesians, because he freely gives us this. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, what is it? It is the gift of God. It's the free gift of God that he gives unto us, not of works, lest any man should boast. When we just look at things, it, it's, just, it's, it's, so, it's so good for us as we look at this. You know, and, and it says, In whom ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth. You heard the word of truth. I want, to, I want to read a couple of things here. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 You know, remember what it says, he heard the word of truth, right? So in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the Apostle Paul is here writing also, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So we can see that if you've trusted, if you've trusted in, in Jesus Christ, in the regeneration, he gives you a new heart. But when we look at this, it sees that ye heard the word of truth. If you've heard the word of truth, you're a child of God. Because the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God. So that word, when it says receiveth not, it says does not accept. But the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So we can see, because now you've heard that you heard the word of truth. You've been born again, haven't you? You've been born again. You can hear the word of truth. And I'm going to show you what 
it says in Matthew, turn, turn to Matthew chapter 13. I want to read, oh, I picked 15 through 17, but I'm going to go up to 13 through 17. Now, if you have a red letter Bible, uh, this is all red letter, so these are the words of not just anybody, but the words of Jesus Christ. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall not see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But, but Jesus says, but, I told you that's, my, that's one of my favorite words, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. But they still believe and trusted in Jesus. So we look at this and we see, you know, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. But look at what in verse 15. For, these, for this people's heart is waxed gross, for they're callous, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should hear, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. See, he's saying, I, I should do this, you know. But these people are so dull of hearing the things that are being preached unto them. But look at, he's talking to his apostles, he's talking to his disciples. If you're a disciple of Christ, these words are for you. He says, but blessed are your eyes, for they see. So some of these things that have happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we haven't really, really physically seen with our eyes, but we can see the things that are contained in here. But what I like is, in your ears, for they hear. They hear these things. Hear these things that are contained in here. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. In this Bible is the truth. Jesus Christ was the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the life. That's who he is in here. He, he, is, <clears throat> he is these things. You heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. So, Brother Roger, you could have read this. You could have read all these things. You could have read those words that I just read. You could read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can read those things. But they don't really mean a lot to you. 
when Jesus enters in your heart in the the regeneration. He takes away that old heart and gives us a new heart. Because that old heart was not capable of receiving the things that be of the Spirit of God. As we talked about it, their foolishness. They were foolishness unto me. You know, Gary, like, you know how I said how you can't take little parts of the Bible out? You know, you have to take it all. You have to take it from Genesis to Revelation. See, I was one of those smart guys, you know. I could do that. I believe John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, Gary, who wouldn't want to believe in Jesus Christ, right? We believe in it, we're going to... We're going to go to heaven. So I thought, well, that's good. I thought Sunday was for that. And then you know what? I figured I could go do whatever I wanted, Gary. Live my life whatever way I wanted. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because Sunday, pastor would sit there and say a few little words. You say it back and he says, okay, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. But I thought I could beat that. There's a lot of people, Gary, that believe they can beat it. But you, but you can't believe that. It's the gospel of your salvation. We don't believe, we do not believe, Brother Roger, correct me if I'm wrong, we do not believe in gospel regeneration. Right, Brother? Okay. So I know I'm not wrong. Because one, one of my mentors says that I'm, I'm, I'm right there. But, is, but it is the gospel of your salvation. It is the gospel. Gospel. You know, there was a play that went on in front of God's spell. It was the same thing as gospel. Gospel, it's the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And isn't it a good news? Especially when it's in here, right? Because in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if it stopped there, you're okay. That whosoever believeth in him. So, so many times, not only just Jesus, but Paul and everybody, they have qualifying statements that whosoever believeth in him. And I was, I believe in him. I was saying it, but it wasn't in here. It wasn't in here. Even though God knew I was a child of God because he put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life for the foundation of the world, I didn't know. So I thought that, okay, I said this, it's okay. But boy, when you come to the realization of that whosoever believeth them, it's not an outward profession, it's inward. It's inward. Because God doesn't look on the outside of the man, does he? He doesn't look on the outside, he looks on the inside. He looks on the inside to see how we believe and what we believe in. The gospel of your salvation salvation by Christ and by Him alone. Of His ability and willingness to save. It's not just about His ability, but His willingness to save. Remember what I do with my... want to bring... Remember when I talked about trusted? Believe in the reliability. We know how reliable is the truth and ability or strength of Jesus Christ. That's why we trust in Jesus Christ. That's ability. So when we look at this, we see that salvation is by Christ and by Christ alone. 
and it's of his ability and willingness to save. When we look at it, I guess I'm going to have to tape that part of Ephesians. It's wearing out real fast. But when we look at it, let's look in chapter 2. Let's look at verse 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy, remember there's my favorite word. If you go look at 1, 2, and 3, you realize. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we, oh, excuse me, even when we were dead in sins. The great love that God had for us, the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. So back then when I was making all those statements, you know, God loved me. He knew I was just being foolish. He knew that sooner or later, through a lot of different things, now we talk about the grace of God and how all things work together for them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You know, all those years ago, just before I went into the Air Force back in 1970, I met a girl. And through that girl, I met her parents. Her parents weren't too keen on me on the beginning. <laughs> but through meeting that girl, meeting her parents, I ended up going to a primitive Baptist church. Going to that primitive Baptist church, and then I started meeting people. A lot of them are not alive anymore. Wonderful saints of God. Through that, I met Brother Leroy, then met Brother Roger. I've met a lot of people in my life around this, this well, not the whole country, but... It's just, when we look at it and we can see that when I didn't know a God, a God, our God, I didn't know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I was dead in my sins. That he took me by the hand and led me in this path that has brought me here today. I'm so thankful for, for him and what he's done. So when we look at that and we can just see when we hear that word of truth. I thought when I was going to Lutheran Church, I was was hearing the truth. I thought this was awesome. I thought it was great. But I wasn't hearing the truth. I wasn't hearing the truth. The word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You know, when we look at that, in whom whom also after that you believe. In whom also after that you believe. Isn't that when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believe. And remember that belief is not saying, I believe. It doesn't come from the mouth, it comes from the heart. That we believe. We believe the working of Christ upon the heart in the regeneration, believed to the saving of your souls. Actually, I put down our souls. We believe to the saving of our souls. It's all it's it's awesome 
<clears throat> when we look at that and we can see these things, in whom also after that ye believe. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, let me go there. I can't, I'm sure it's 11, but... It is 11. 11. <clears throat> and verse 6, Apostle Paul writing to the Hebrews says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In whom also after that ye believe. We believed in our Lord God Almighty. We believed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we started trusting in them. Trusting in them. And as he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? When we see these things, and we start reading, not just reading, but studying out the scriptures. Remember how I've said, I want us this year to slow down as we read the scriptures. Slow down as we... Don't make it a matter of duty make it a matter of the heart that when we read these things that it just doesn't the old saying what is it what is it Maybelline? in one ear and out the other that's what it's kind of like Gary it's one ear out the other boom I read it that's okay I'm not but let's read it so it becomes a matter of the heart so it doesn't just go in this ear and out this ear it goes in this inner and it goes down to here down to the heart you know, and the one thing I use, and I'm going to use it again, is an old saying is, take time to stop and smell the roses. You know what I mean? Life's too short. We need to take time to smell the roses. Take time to read the scriptures, because the Bible says, you know what? Our life is what, Brother Roger? Just like a vapor. It's here, then it's gone. So we've got to take time. We've got to take time. So it says that you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You are sealed with that Holy Spirit. I know Brother Roger likes to just talk about the Holy Spirit. He loves the Holy Spirit. We should be that same way. When we talk about it, that Holy Spirit of promise, the Spirit himself, and that as a Spirit of promise. The Spirit of promise, so-called because he is the Spirit of promise, being sent by God and Christ. It's, it's just, we have to realize that Holy Spirit is in the world today. Turn to... John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 15 through 18. Again, this is Jesus Christ speaking. And he says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Remember we talked about that earlier. If you love him, keep his commandments. And look at what he says. 
Such an example he is for us as Christians and even as young Christians, even as old Christians. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever and he may stay with us, abide. I like that word abide though. Abide with us forever. So we see such a good example that he says, you know what? If you love me, you keep my commandments and I'm going to pray to my heavenly father. I'm going to pray to my father and he shall give you another comforter. Isn't Jesus such a comfort for us in our lives? Just, just knowing that he's there for us. Knowing that there's for, there for us. When we realize that there are people, remember that spirit of Antichrist we were talking about. There's people out in the world that don't believe that he was the comforter that was in the world today. But he says, you know what? I'm going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Haven't we been talking a lot about truth? That spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot, the world cannot receive the Spirit of God. It's just like the natural man. It's the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God. You can't. Because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Isn't that awesome? He's not only dwelling with us, but He's in us. He's a part of us. If you're a Christian, He's a part of you. You can't take that away. You're going to try to cut off my arm. You know, if He says, you know, if, if your arm offends you, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into eternal life with one arm than to have both arms and be cast into what? Hellfire. Remember we talked about, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Now we can see a little of that more when we look at it. Because the world, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. So in these few verses, he's going to come unto us, right? We see here what? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see all three people of the persons of the Trinity right in here. When we, when we see these things, and not only just see them and look at them, but we can read it and we understand what they're writing and trying to tell us. What is God trying to tell us? All Scripture is what? Given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
So this Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God-inspired when we look at this thing and we realize and we understand. When he says, I will not leave you comfortless, we can trust in him because he's telling us the truth. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm not going to be able to get to verse 14. And so that is going to have to be for, for another time. But I hope that what I've said so far on just verse 13 would be of a help for you and a comfort for you in these, these trying times. We're going through a lot of crazy things in this world, aren't we? When we see you know, Russia invading Ukraine, and now they're, they've been bombing and getting close and hitting missiles close to Poland. You know, Poland was at one time a part of Russia. I mean, it was still Poland, but it was under the control of Russia. So we need to watch out. But I thank you for your kind attention this morning.